Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown, Colorado State. Side is frightful. No, I'm just kidding with you guys. Not going to start this podcast with Christmas carols. It is far, far too early, but it is starting to feel a little bit like Christmas. If you want to sing that one, I do like that song. I'm not gonna lie, I dig that one really any time of the year. I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those people that plays holiday music relentlessly, uh, but I do like that one, and it feels kind of appropriate on this 
Thursday snowy afternoon. It is October 10th. I am Justin Michael, your host as always. And we're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. If you are traveling to Albuquerque, if you're on your way down there, whether that's via airfare or driving down I-25, certainly we wish you safe travels. I know it can get kind of sketchy that that drive just gets so weird because there are so many long stretches where it's just so desolate and it's it's kind of intimidating, really. I mean, it's a it's a smooth drive. It's not like it's a complicated commute or anything like that. But I just think it's an eerie feeling when you see a sign that's like, you know, last service for a hundred something odd miles or whatever it ends up being. It's it's just a weird feeling. You're you're in the middle of nowhere, not not really surrounded by anything or anyone. That being said, the uh, the best carne asada I've ever had was at a gas station in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico, coming back from Albuquerque. Actually, uh, coming back, yeah, I mean, it, it was delicious. I'm trying to remember right now what it was called. It was literally the middle of nowhere, but it was absolutely delicious. Uh, if you know of a random, like, it's like a gas station slash rest stop slash Mexican restaurant. It, it was it was really odd, but hey, it was delicious food, and I hope that I can go back there someday. But uh, more importantly than Mexican food, although that is up for debate, because let's be honest, I think the key to happiness is just eating as many burritos as possible. People want to like philosophize and and make life this big complicated thing, but at the end of the day, it's really just about how many burritos did you eat this year. And if, if the answer is high, I bet your happiness correlates. So that's that's the Justin T. Michael philosophy to life. Eat as many burritos as you can. Worry about the consequences later. Uh, but let's, let's talk a little bit of football. That's enough burrito talk for one afternoon. <laughs> the, uh, we know the starting quarterback for the game, so we can actually kind of get a sense of what the offense might look like now. Granted, I don't think it would have changed drastically if Justice McCoy was in the game or anything like that, but I just, I imagine that they're a little bit more just in tune with each other as an offense when Patrick's running the show. He's been running with the ones for over a month now, and that makes a difference. I mean, I know Justice has been in the system for a couple of years, so he should be plenty comfortable with Mike Bobo's system, but it's one thing when, like, studying the plays and watching it on film, it's a completely different animal to actually have to go out there and execute the offense and you know Bobo has been pretty open about how the play calling and the playbook has been limited since Colin Hill went down shoot I mean he even he even told us that like the plays were more limited with Colin running the offense than when say Nick Stevens was here I don't know if Nick Stevens was like a great quarterback per se but I will say this I've never heard a player as like highly just respected from a coaching staff from everyone you talk to as as like Nick Stevens is I mean he's just everyone talks about how he just understood the game from a completely different perspective than everyone else on the field and really I think you can see it now when you go back and you look at some of those numbers from the end of 2016 as well as the majority of the 2017 season they were just putting up bonkers numbers and a lot of that credit goes to Nick Stevens so I think he has a pretty bright future as a football coach down the line currently coaching local ball up here in Fort Collins cool to see him giving back to the high school kids but 
you know, getting back on track with Patrick O'Brien, it just it makes sense to go with him at this point. You you don't want to lose a winnable game against New Mexico. And honestly, I feel like that was probably in the back of Bobo's mind and the offensive coordinators and the coaches and everybody else. You know, I I got to imagine that they're looking at this game and the rest of the schedule and they go, you know, we got UNLV and we got New Mexico. At the, at the bare minimum, we should win those two games. Assure that, you know, you get three on the season. I, obviously the goal normally and even this season should always be to win more than three games. But... You're, you're realistic at this point. You're one in five. It's been a rough start. You don't have your starting quarterback. Your number one wide receiver has been down for multiple weeks now. You got to control the controllables. You got to go into this game against New Mexico, who sucks. There's really no other way to put it. The Lobos suck. You have to go down there and you have to get a win. And the best way to do that is putting Patrick O'Brien on. And that's really what Bobo said on the radio show with Brian Roth. Not sure if I mentioned that that's where the news broke earlier, but I do want to credit Brian Roth for that uh, that information. So I'm not really sure why Bobo couldn't just tell us at practice, after practice the other day, like it's going to be O'Brien. He told us that he had his mind made up at that point, but whatever. I mean, it's not a, not a big deal. Just odd is really all it comes down to, but I think going with Patrick is the right decision. I think it gives the offense the best chance to win, but he's got to be better. He's got to be more consistent. He's got to be more accurate with the football. Uh, one of the things that got mentioned to me on Twitter by, uh, it was, I can't remember if it was Mike or Matt Flick, but they, uh, they brought up the fact that he's been short on a lot of throws, and I agree. I'm not saying that he has been accurate. I think anybody watching the last couple of weeks can see he's been way spotty missed a lot of easy throws he has to be able to make throws in windows he's got to be able to just make those intermediate throws between the sticks that you know keep the drives going keep it alive part of the problem I think is nervousness I think part of the problem probably is footwork I'm not an expert so I don't want to sit here and pretend like I am when it comes to you know proper footwork and stuff like that I know what a good throwing motion looks like I know what a quarterback in the pocket is supposed to look like but if you want me to give like an inch by inch breakdown of like what was wrong with his foot and he had too much you know weight on this back foot here you see that I'm not going to be able to do that most media guys aren't going to be able to a lot of the ones that claim they can are completely full of crap almost at a cuss word there good recovery Justin <laughs> but um yeah I mean I just I think confidence is part of it when you do look at him in the pocket, he looks nervous. A lot of times he steps into pressure, which is never a good sign. And I think oftentimes he's kind of thrown off that back foot. So I would like to see him just be more consistent. I mean, he had that beautiful deep throw against San Diego State to Dante Wright, dropped it in a bucket. That was gorgeous. But, I mean, it's one throw in a four-quarter game. Other than that, he was pretty much wildly inconsistent. And the offense just wasn't good enough. Like, that's really the only way to put it. What can they do differently moving forward? Well, a couple of things. The offensive line needs to play better. The offensive line has not been as good as they were the first three weeks or so. That's uh, been inconsistent. I know they've had issues with in-game injuries and rotating guys. Last week they had people moving all over the field. It was really hard to keep up with, but whoever the five or six or seven, whatever kind of rotation you end up establishing, whoever those guys end up being, they have to be better in pass protection because – you know, O'Brien isn't Colin Hill. You you got to give this guy a break. Everybody else has to step up too. It can't all be on him. 
if that's the case, CSU is going to be in trouble. I mean, he's the backup quarterback for a reason. To put all the blame on him would not be fair. Everybody, everybody else has got to step up. So get him in an early rhythm. Let him make some quick throws where he doesn't have to sit back in the pocket or progress through reads or make a lot of decisions. You know, you can do a little dumb screen to Dante Wright on the sideline or Warren Jackson. Warren is actually subtly really good at those screens. I know you, when you think Warren Jackson, you're thinking more deep ball over the top, but he moves well, and he's so big that he's hard to to bring down. You don't want Warren necessarily getting lit up at the line of scrimmage, especially coming back from that shoulder injury, but I think just getting Patrick in an early rhythm and allowing him to make some throws and just get that confidence going, I think it'll be key. One of the other things, and it's something that I've been talking about for weeks now, I don't understand why they won't use the tight ends in the passing game. They they do run a lot of 12 personnel, especially when they're running the football, 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field. But, like, I, I just don't get it. You got Trey McBride and Cam Butler. If you can use those, one, you can do some really easy targets for Patrick to just let him get the ball out of his hands. Little, you know, run five yards turnaround, little dig route, a little slant across the middle, you know, fake inside, go outside to the sideline, just easy stuff like that that'll just, you know, allow him to get <laughs> get in a rhythm and maybe get a couple of first downs, maybe open up the offense. Maybe you take the pressure off of Dante Wright and Warren Jackson on the outside because all of a sudden the safety's got to worry about guys like Trey McBride or Cam Butler going across the middle. Cam Butler, really good athlete. He's, he's a guy where if you get him the football in open space and he can get running, a lot of guys aren't actually going to be able to catch him, even defensive backs. So get these guys involved some way. They've been great teammates, and they won't complain about it. I've tried multiple times to ask Cam and Trey, like, you know, are you guys a little frustrated with your roles this season? Do you feel like getting the tight ends to involve more involved in the passing game would open everything up and they've been you know they've given us the typical great teammate answers you know we're tight ends we're grinders we got to put our hand on the ground and block Trey especially loves to just block people and be nasty and I love that about his game but he's a great athlete he's got good hands get him involved in the passing game too finally and then you know we're going to talk about defense here in just a second and I'm going to play you some audio from an interview I had with starting linebacker Daquan Jackson but I think the offense, I think they're going to have to swallow their pride when it comes to Marvin Kinsey. I understand that the fumbles have been an issue. I'm not disputing it. I'm not even saying that, you know, limiting his role last week was the wrong decision. At some point, there have to be consequences. But let's face it, this offense is not the same when Marvin's not in the backfield. He's your best playmaker. He's your most consistent running back on for 6.4 yards per carry. I mean, that's what this offense needs right now. You don't have... You don't have the passing offense, and quite frankly, you don't have the depth at running back that you thought you did. The freshmen have been slow to progress. I'm not saying that they don't have bright futures. It's really hard to come in as freshmen and contribute right away. It's what makes Dante so special. But, you know, Marcus McElroy having a down season. I know he's been plagued by injuries, and you can question the play calling, the the offensive line, all of that. It's not, there's no one individual that is responsible for CSU's lack of a rushing attack but the reality is is Marvin's the best playmaker he's shown the best vision in the backfield he's the most patient he waits for the holes to develop he's the best in the open field in terms of breaking tackles he runs the hardest so I mean if 
if you get 200 rush yards a game and maybe he fumbles one of those carries, yeah, the fumble sucks. Hopefully it doesn't come back to bite you in the butt. But isn't that better than going for 25 rush yards or whatever it was that CSU totaled against San Diego State last week? I mean, it was only the second time in the Mike Bobo era that the Rams had less than 30 rush yards in a game. I know in that 2018 Wyoming game, CSU had like 20 yards on 20 carries, literally averaged one yard per carry. I'm pretty sure their average last week was 1.4 yards per carry. So you got to you gotta do something to get spark this offense. And Marvin Kinsey's been the most electric player on the offense all season. I think it's got to be him. I think you got to swallow your pride. All right, we're going to talk about the defense a little bit in just a second, but we're going to take a hot moment to shout out our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Breck recently collaborated with Colorado's own Talbot Cider Company to create an apple blonde ale that tastes like late summer in a glass. Brewed with 49% unprocessed apple cider from the fabled Palisade Grand Valley produce region, Colorado Core has the crisp tart taste of apples with a clean bone dry finish. Crafted to reduce gluten-free so you won't feel guilty for reaching for a round or two, this crowd pleaser will be popular at your barbecue, family functions, whatever you're doing. Check it out at your local liquor store or visit Breckenridge Brewery and taste their delicious new creation. But just the last two weeks, defense has really showed out. You know, what can you build off of that moving forward? Um, just knowing that we can do it, um, building confidence, that's a big thing. And, um, building off those weeks, but looking forward, focusing on us. Uh, that's just a big thing right now, just focusing on us, no matter who the opponent is. Um, we, we did that same thing these last two weeks. Uh, of course, we've done the game plan for those opponents, but focusing on things we're, we need to get better at. Um, and I think going forward, that's going to help us just keep building. So, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be an ongoing thing. Do you feel like the defense as a whole has just been playing faster, getting to the ball quicker, just flying around? Uh, most definitely. That comes with, you know, repetition and knowing your assignment. Uh, also, just putting the pin. Yeah. Coach talk a lot about that. Uh, just like you, you there, you know it. Like you know, just go do it. Like go do it. So um, I think a lot of guys have been putting the pin lately, and it's starting to show. You know, as everybody on the outside would call it, is you know playing faster. But you know, for us, that's just going. You know, not hesitating, not second guessing yourself. When it, what about New Mexico's offense has jumped out to you guys on film? What are the coaches kind of emphasizing that you need to stop this week? Uh, we just, you know, we always going to try to stop the run. They they run the option. That's going to be one of the, that's still the run. Uh, they throw the ball. Of course, we're going to uh, depend on our DBs and, you know, the secondary to get that done. And uh, I, I believe the D-line going to put some pressure on the quarterback, so we're going to have a great week. Linebacker play obviously pretty key when you're going against an offense that runs the option. What's what's the hardest part about defending it in your opinion? Uh, just eye discipline. Eye discipline. If you lock in on your keys and reading and you play fast, it should be everything should be fine. Thank you again to Daquan Jackson for taking a few minutes to just talk about this New Mexico game and what's hardest about defending the option and everything. I mean, I don't think there was anything in there that was necessarily groundbreaking or, you know, if you follow college football closely there's not anything in there that necessarily like blew your mind but I do appreciate that he just always takes the time to give just thoughtful and insightful answers I mean a lot of the time I think players try and dumb things down or 
I don't know, they just assume that like people won't understand what they're talking about. So instead of just saying it clear and cut like Daquan did there, they end up giving these really like long-winded answers that don't end up making a whole lot of sense. But I appreciate somebody who not only knows what they're talking about, but can make that point concisely and articulately. So I do appreciate Daquan Jackson quite a bit. I know that the audio isn't quite as strong on those interviews. It's because it's just coming from my phone file. I have like my full setup at home for when I'm doing the podcast, but I I don't have that for like my, you know, in stadium interviews and post-practice stuff like that. Had a chance to talk with Daquan after practice the other day. Also had a chance to talk with Rashad Ajayi. I'll probably play that audio on Friday's podcast on the Football Friday. So definitely tune in if you want to listen to that. Both Rashad and Daquan are just, they're good dudes, first of all. They're they are really polite. They're humble. Uh, they're hard workers. I, I like being around them. I like watching them work at their craft. Rashad, in particular, you know, he's like always the last guy to leave the field. Likes to do indie reps with the wide receivers when he's not working, like after doing a two and a half hour practice might as well stay another 20 30 minutes and get some work in with the dbs because that's just kind of the player that rashad is he has been injured for most of the year and we get some of that in the audio so i don't want to give it all away because we're going to play it on the podcast tomorrow but i look forward to that and yeah i think daquan made some really good points it's it's pretty basic with new mexico if you can force them to be a passing football team you're gonna have a pretty good chance to win because quite frankly neither one of their quarterbacks are any good at least vertically uh I know the Rams don't necessarily have a, a lot of room to brag when it comes to the offense over the last couple of weeks, but New Mexico's really bad. They're they're quite frankly, they're just a terrible football team on both sides of the football. They can run the the option, they're always gonna break some runs and stuff like that. And it's not like they're a FCS team or anything like that, but they're bad. They're real bad. And this is a game where CSU should expect to win. And honestly, I, I think they will win, and I think they'll win by you know 14 17 points something like that could be closer than i'm thinking you never know this game this series historically has a funny way of being closer than it should be even when one team is drastically better than the other traditionally that's csu being drastically better than new mexico but we'll see i mean it's not exactly a a brutal road environment to go into the weather should be okay it's not going to be all crappy like it is in Colorado so we'll see I'm looking forward to it I think Ram fans are pretty desperate to experience a win at this point a win over the Lobos obviously would be CSU's 10th in a row that's an impressive feat guys I'm I'm really I'm just I don't know I get tired of like some of the snarky stuff that comes comes my way when I'm trying to just point out like a simple fact like hey they've beat New Mexico nine times in a row this happened here are the scores and you get somebody like Oh, yeah, well, I beat my two-year-old at Thumb Wars ten times in a row. Where's my trophy? Okay, I'm not saying they deserve a trophy for winning these games. I understand how difficult the last year has been. I understand it's a frustrating season. Nine wins over New Mexico doesn't make up for any of the crap that's gone wrong. None of that. I didn't say any of that. All I'm saying is when you beat any team nine times in a row, that is impressive. If you do it for a tenth time... That's even more impressive, regardless of how this season finishes. CSU could finish 2-10, and 10, but if they get that win over New Mexico, I'm still going to think that 10-game win streak is impressive. 
It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the fact that it's been an absolutely miserable season. But I'm just trying to point some positive facts out every now and then and enjoy, you know, a moment or two of this season. If if you want to wallow in misery the, the entire time, that's your prerogative. Go right on ahead. But I prefer not to live that way. I mean, change is coming. Some change is going to... It's I don't know how drastic it's going to be, but some type of change is coming after this season. We know it. So let's just play it out. Let the last six games play out. Enjoy the good moments as they come. If every game from here on out is absolutely awful, then, you know, go ahead and complain right away. I get it. It's fine, but I don't foresee it being that way. I think there are still some exciting moments. You still got the border war, the Air Force game. So there are things to get up for. Uh, that Boise State game after Thanksgiving is going to be brutal. I, I imagine there'll be like 10,000 people there that day. Pro- I'm sure there'll be more. It'll be closer to 20, but regardless, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a rough crowd. There'll be no students, not a lot of interested fans. It's kind of a shame, too, because that's a game where if you had two really good teams, I think you could actually draw a pretty good crowd in there. Got a lot of people that just have that day off with it being the holiday and all that. But uh, we'll talk about that, obviously, as as those games get closer CSU looking to reverse the curse. Stop this drought, man. Ten losses in a row to FBS teams. Haven't beaten anybody since October 13th, 2018, when they beat, guess who? New Mexico at home. So we'll see how this plays out. I think the Rams are going to be able to get the victory, but I'll give my final thoughts on that game Friday on the Football Friday podcast. So shout out to everybody that listens. Shout out to everyone that subscribes. You know, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a, a review, a kind comment, a five-star review, whatever you want, it can be lower. Don't doesn't have to be, but uh, you know, those are the the high the high reviews are what we're aiming for. So, let me know what you like about this podcast, what you dislike. If you got some suggestions on something you want me to talk about, tweet it my way, man. This podcast is for you guys. This is for the CSU fans, and I want to make it as much about CSU and the community as possible. So, I love all you guys. Hope you have a safe weekend. Hope you stay warm in this snowy weather. Word. Peace out, guys. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.